Good morning, Cleveland. This is Pastor C.A. here at Faith Memorial Church in this great city of Cleveland, Tennessee, and you are tuning in to Thinking Out Loud. This morning, I wanted to continue our conversation about the things that happened in John's account of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, specifically that first section of John chapter 20. Now, I have shared with you when Mary first got to the tomb and about the spiritual darkness and that, that mental darkness that was keeping her from the light of the gospel. I shared about the removal of the stone, that the law that prevented us from gaining access into that place of resurrection life. I shared with you about church competition and about how that prevents us from getting into that place of resurrection life and that we need to get out of the way and we need to get away from competition and comparison because it's a thief of joy. As That's a phrase my wife always pulls out. She always says, comparison is a thief of joy. Don't be guilty of that. Be authentic to you. Be yourself. Be the best version of you that you can be. So, so this is just a continuation of that thought, but specifically this is about Mary's account because the account begins with Mary. It's only fitting that it also circles back around and ends with Mary. Now, Peter and John, they run, and we don't really know where Mary's at in relation to this, probably coming behind them. They run, and John makes it there first. He gets out of the way. Peter goes in, then John follows. They see the linen cloth that was for the body laid out on the slab, and then they see the one that was for the head folded and put in its place, which is a picture of the finished work of Jesus, what the head, he is the head of the church. The work of the head, the work of Jesus is finished and done and he's seated, but there's still work for the body left to do. And it says that as a result of that, they believed and they went home. They went home to their place, but Mary's still there. So I don't know if she arrives shortly after them, has a quick conversation with them and they believe, but she's still in that place of darkness because she then stoops down similar to the language of John stooping down and peers in. She still hasn't went in. But when she looks, she sees something absolutely amazing. She sees this square slab where the body would have been laid. And at the head, she sees an angel seated. And then at the feet, she sees an angel seated. And I'm not familiar how sure how familiar you are with Old Testament imagery, but this creates this beautiful picture of the Ark of the Covenant. You have this rectangular box or slab, and then you have these two angels seated at either end or standing at either end, and it creates this picture because in between the two angels was the mercy seat, and the mercy seat was the place where the high priest once a year with the blood of the atoning day sacrifice would take it in there to cover the sins of the people for the full year. Now, Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. And the author of Hebrews tells us, you know, the blood of bulls and goats could never take away sin. For it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away the sin. But Jesus, having entered into the holy place, not made with hands, but into heavens itself, has taken his own blood, not with the blood of bulls and goats and calves and the ashes of heifer sprinkling to the unclean, to the sanctifying of the flesh, but with his own blood he entered once into that heavenly holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Jesus is fulfilling this picture of the atoning sacrifice, not something to cover our sins for the past year, but something that will cover and remove our sins permanently. And she sees this, and she has a conversation with the angels, and the thing that she says is, where's his body? She's still in darkness. She still doesn't get it. And so then she turns around and she sees Jesus. 
And it says, supposing him to be the gardener. Now, here's the fantastic thing is she supposes him to be the gardener. Well, the truth is, is he is the gardener. He is the gardener of Eden. He is the keeper of Eden and by consequence, the keeper of the tree of life. See, when Adam and Eve sinned and they were removed from Eden, they were actually only removed from inner Eden, where the tree of life was kept. Now, when God gave him command, he said, you can eat of any of tree except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but you can eat of the tree of life. And so they, when they were removed from Eden, they were separated from that tree of life. And there was a cherubim with a flaming sword that turned every which way, which we know that the sword is a picture of the word of God and that Jesus Christ is the word of God. So by this beautiful spiritual picture, you have a representation of Jesus Christ keeping the way to the tree of life, that he is the gardener of Eden. And so she supposes him to be the gardener, and she still doesn't get it. She only gets it when he finally speaks her name. Thank you for listening. This has been Thinking Out Loud with Pastor C.A. God bless and have a great day.